Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Ezra 9, and we're going to talk about a specific issue that gets quite a bit of space here in this text, and then we're going to apply that specific issue to a broader principle that hopefully encourages and benefits uh, God's people listening to this. So in Ezra 9, the exiled Israelites are coming back to Jerusalem. They've rebuilt the temple. Ezra, we were just introduced to him yesterday, has come back, and he's going to bring an emphasis back to the Word of God in the temple, uh, and that's going to be great. And so this issue comes up, and we need to understand it right so that it's not misrepresented by us or misunderstood or or lobbed against us by people who are antithetical to what Scripture is trying to teach. Verse 9, chapter 1, all these things have been done. And the officials approached me and said, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with their abominations, from the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters to be wives for them and for their sons, so that they, so that the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the lands. And in this faithlessness, the hand of the officials and the chief men has been foremost. As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment and my cloak and pulled my hair from my head and beard and sat appalled. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles gathered around me while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting with my garment and cloak torn and fell upon my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God, saying, Oh, my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face up to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. And then Ezra goes on to pray this long prayer, confessing the sin of intermarriage to God. Now, I'm sure that raises some serious alarm bells when you hear me say that, that God is opposed to intermarriage. Wow. In 2020, I mean, 2020 of all of all years, that we would say something like this and, and that God would defend this kind of thing. Well, let's make sure we understand what is meant here. God is most certainly not against interracial marriage in the sense of marriage that is between two godly people, two like-minded followers of Christ who happen to be from different races or who have different skin colors. God is not against interracial marriage. What God is against is intermarriage between a person of God and a person who's not from God. That's exactly what's happening here. These Israelites and, and these returned exiles have married people from the lands who are not followers of the one true God. And so when you've got an unequal marriage, then usually what happens is the person who is the person of God gets drugged into all this other garbage by these pagan worshipers of idols and false gods. And that is the intermarriage that God is against. Let's make sure we can back this up. In Ezra 6, 21, we just talked about this briefly a few days ago on the podcast. They're celebrating the Passover again for the first time in the rebuilt temple after the exiles have returned. 6, 21 says, The Passover was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and also by everyone who had joined them and separated himself from the uncleanness of the peoples of the land to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. So at this Passover, not only did you have the Israelites eating the Passover, 
Passover, the people of God, the descendants of Abraham, but you also had these outsiders who joined them, uh, but they had separated themselves from the uncleanness of the peoples of the land, and they were worshiping the one true God. So in other words, God is not opposed to having outsiders be part of his family, to be folded in. In fact, as we've said over and over, God's purposes from Genesis 1 were always that the entire world would be blessed through Abraham, that the entire world would be impacted eventually by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, there will be representatives from every tribe, tongue, and nation. A lot of different colors, a lot of different ethnicities, people who have come to trust Jesus Christ and thereby have his righteousness given to them, thereby have the penalty he paid, Mark paid on their account so they can stand along with those of us who are believers. They can stand blameless before God. There's no difference between the people of God at that point, regardless of their ethnicity, their skin color, or what. So God is not against interracial marriage in the way that we would think of it today. He's against intermarriage because he doesn't want his people being unequally yoked with non-believers. That's exactly what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 through 16, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? This isn't even a passage about marriage, but you can certainly apply it to marriage. And friends, <clears throat> we need to be clear about this. We need people to understand that the Bible does not speak out against interracial marriage. No way, no how. I've got my daughter Gentry is sitting in the office with me today as I record this. I've got some other kids. My prayer is that they would marry men or women, in the case of my son, who trust God, who take his word seriously, who walk with Christ, who want to pursue his will for their life, who have a very high view of scripture. The last thing I care about is what skin color or ethnicity the people are who my kids marry. I want them to be godly. I want them to be believers. I want them to be passionate about the Lord so that they and my kids can partner together to do God's work and be mutually edified by the relationship and the marriage that they enter into. Friends, uh, we need to make sure that we understand this and that we are ready when this accusation gets lodged against Christians or against the Bible, that somehow God is against interracial marriage. He's not. He's against intermarriage, godly people marrying ungodly people. And this brings up a broader point to just briefly touch on. Friends, we have got to know our Bibles. It's incumbent on you and I. This is not the pastor's job. It's not the, it's not the church leader's job. It's not the ministry leader's job to kind of read the scriptures and digest them for you and then just kind of give you the cliff notes. It's it's all of our jobs to know scripture and to know what scripture says so that when we show up at a college campus and some atheist professor tells our kids or tells us that God is against interracial marriage, we say, no, 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 no. And we're ready to defend it because we know the word. Lord, thank you for your word. Would you give us a passion for understanding it better? And would you help us to stand boldly in the face of accusations that are falsely lodged against it for your glory, for your name. And by the way, would you raise up men and women to marry our sons and daughters who are godly, who trust your word and who walk with Christ, regardless of their ethnicity or their skin color. And we look forward to what that looks like in the days ahead. Amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. 
First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.